G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. For some reason, gold has been considered to be one of the most precious metals on the planet for centuries, millennia. There's something intoxicating about gold. It's so shiny, it's so gold, right? And whilst these days very few of us ever handle gold, except perhaps in small pieces of jewellery, gold and what it represents remains a very intoxicating thing. Bernie Diamond. It's great to be with you again. Today we're going to be taking a look at the lure of wealth from a different perspective. Gold is a symbol of wealth and it's one of the main things that draws us away from God. Think about it. God, gold. Only one letter of difference between those two words. And how easy is it for us to substitute one for the other? Even more so because in this world we're told that wealth equals success. Who among us hasn't dreamed of striking it rich, of being able to live in a big house, a mansion, with all the comforts and and pleasures that money can buy? A great view, lots of rooms, lavishly furnished, a few high-end luxury cars in the multi-car garage, flying around the world first class, of course, or, or even in your own jet, with everyone kowtowing to you because you're such an important person. That's a dream, a fantasy, that many people churn over inside themselves, over and over again. It's so seductive that many people are intoxicated by it and they can't let it go. So here's what they do. Here's what I did for much of my early adult life. They sacrifice their lives to it. They they throw themselves into the pursuit of earning as much money as they can. I've seen some of the houses that people build for themselves. Not far from where I live, live some of the wealthiest people in Australia. Houses that sell for upwards of $30 million. One recently just went for $50 million. Hey, that's a ridiculous amount of money. And these mansions are so big, so ridiculously huge, they must be cavernous. I was having a room in my apartment painted not so long ago. I'm, I'm a hopeless painter. Best to get a professional in to do it. And the painter, Stan, was telling me about a job that he and his brother completed recently in one of these mansions not far away. He said the place was just enormous. Three levels plus a fourth for the basement and the garage. It had an elevator because the occupants were an elderly couple, obviously very wealthy. Now, the middle floor, they never went into. It was essentially vacant. These two people weren't happy at all. In fact, they were pretty miserable. Now, stand back and think about that for a minute. That right there is idolatry. With so many people in this world who don't have a roof over their heads, who don't have enough to eat, who don't have even clean drinking water, here you have these two mega-rich people occupying a property that they don't need, that's way too big for them, and that isn't making them happy. Psalm 135, verses 15 to 18. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but they do not speak. They have eyes, but they do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. And there is no breath in their mouths. Those who make them and all who trust in them 
shall become like them. Isn't that the perfect picture of the futility of idolatry, of setting up the things of this world as our little gods? I think that passage applies so aptly to the picture of that wealthy couple in their golden prison, the the emptiness, the loneliness, the futility of it all. And yet so many people sacrifice their lives to this idol of gold, of wealth, of what other people will think. How about you? How much do you dream of being wealthy? How much do you sacrifice your life to the futility of wealth? You you may have heard me tell this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. For the first 36 years of my life, wealth was what mattered to me. It was important to me that I drove a car that would impress other people. It was important to me that I lived in a house that people would look at and think, wow, that's grand. He must have a lot of money. He, He must be successful. And that constant need to have more and more and more drove me. Although the more I had, the less satisfied I felt. The more I filled myself up, the emptier I became. The more other people looked at my obvious wealth and success, the more desperate and empty and lonely I became. This idolatry, sacrificing your life to gold, to wealth, is such a terrible scourge. You'll understand then how gobsmacked I was when finally I stumbled across this Bible verse, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from their faith and pierced themselves with many pains. Right there was a picture of the first 36 years of my life, which culminated, by the way, in me becoming so desperate that I came within inches of taking my own life. Idolatry doesn't work. These impostors lead us to ruin and destruction. That's the mark of an idol, in fact. It looks so good. It speaks so smoothly. It draws you in so seductively. And then it plunges you into ruin and destruction. And gold, wealth... It's the very worst of all. We, we kid ourselves that we can pursue wealth and love God, but it simply isn't possible. This is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. You just can't. And when we give up the pursuit of wealth, when when we put money back in the place where it belongs, there is such an incredible freedom in that. Money is a great servant, but a terrible master. Let me say it again. Money is a great servant, but a terrible master. I didn't read that in a textbook. I discovered that the hard way. And the best way, the only way, in fact, to break this idolatry is to start becoming generous and giving lots of it away. You don't have to be rich to do that. Rich or poor, we can idolise wealth. Rich or poor, we can give sacrificially and allow God to set us free from that. Let me say it again, just in case you missed it. Let me say it again. Money is a great servant, but a terrible master. I mentioned before that I used to have this insatiable need to drive a car that declared my financial success and, and live in a house that did the same. This whole need to keep up appearances was so exhausting. I was like a drug addict. I always needed the next hit. I I was always looking for the next thing to buy. It was terrible. When God finally dragged me back from the brink and got a hold of my life, 
He so deeply convicted me of the vital importance of generous giving. It wasn't easy at first to give away the things that I'd worked so hard for. And not just worked hard for, but sacrificed my life for, my relationships for, my my marriage for. But over the last couple of decades, he has so completely, so remarkably set me free from this addiction to wealth, this idolatry, that I count it as one of the top two or three blessings in my life. These days, if, if I'm looking to buy a new car, I go to the second-hand car lot and I look for something that's good quality, but inconspicuous. Something that'll give me fuel economy and longevity. Something that's good value. Let me let you in on a little secret. When I drive around in my little second-hand fuel-efficient Japanese-made car, one of the great delights in my heart is that nobody notices me anymore. It's a little joy that lights up my heart on a regular basis because this freedom from idolatry is something that God did for me. And if you see this idolatry to wealth in your life, I'm encouraging you today to take it to God, to lay it down, to get into His Word and to let Him set you free because when the Son of God sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Jesus. been going on these last few years, man, there are some tired, some exhausted people in this world. God knows that. And with all my heart, I believe he wants to help you through it all, which is why I'd love to send you a free copy of my latest life application booklet, How to Enter God's Rest. There are questions at the end of each chapter to help you kind of chew things over and then really apply God's word right into the realities of your life. God's Word is alive and active. Amen. So I'm praying that through this booklet, He'll help you live out each day in His peace and His rest, whatever life may throw at you. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll free on 1300 722 415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.